ora, I'm Penny, the host of Weave Your Magical World, the podcast designed to help you return to your true magical self and connect deeply to unconditional love. My guests and I will be sharing powerful and practical tools to help you live the meaningful and awesome life you were always meant to have. This is coming to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand. To listen now, go to my website, pennybeal.com. Welcome to Weave Your Magical World podcast. This is a really good friend of mine from London, who's actually a Kiwi who lives in Australia. And his name's Carl, although I call him Carlos. Um, Carl Hewan, and he is an amazing functional nutritionist. We actually met um, as personal trainers in London. And we worked together in the same spaces for a number of years. And so we both have similar backgrounds in the performance and movement kind of arena. And then, yeah, during that time, um, you started training as a functional therapist, nutritionist, doctor. What is it? Functional medicine practitioner. Functional medicine practitioner. And so, and that's what you've been doing now for some years in Australia with your own clinic. Yeah, correct. Sort of integrative medicine, functional medicine, health and performance along those lines. And um, thanks for that nice little spiel there, Pen or Penny, um, (laughs) aka Penny. Um, it's yeah, it's brilliant to be here. Looking forward to to a good chat today and unpacking a few uh, a few bits and pieces to help the uh, the people out there. Awesome, cool. Thank you so much for your time. This is really awesome. Um, so <clears throat> I know you have a call to get to, so we're going to try and get through as much info as we can. What I really wanted to focus on today is optimal health and so performance and and movement, all that kind of stuff, because a lot of people. I know that when we were personal training um, back in London and we talked to our clients who were injured and we talked to them about, okay, you need to really make sure your nutrition is optimal. And they'd be a bit like, what do you mean? Like, what's Mm. that going to do? So this is one area I really want to touch. Like, how can we improve our performance if people are recovering from injury? um, How, what sort of what impact does nutrition have? Because I think it's something that people don't think about a lot. Um, And I've talked in another couple of podcasts about pain and about injury as well. So I think this would really nicely lead on. So I'd love to talk to you about that. And also just talking about wellness in general and what are some things that people can do that they don't necessarily know about and some things that, um, that people think are good for us, but, or we've been told they're really good for us, but actually they're maybe not as good as we think they are um hey, okay pretty pretty loaded question there and um <laughs> how long do we have but let, let, let's start with that first question that you mentioned around what role does nutrition play in our in our sort of um, performance and if we're healing from an injury or etc cetera, etc cetera, along those lines and first of all we, we've just got to really understand that nutrition is information it's it's a, it's a message that we send to our to our body on a, on a day-to-day basis or a meal-to-meal basis pretty much and there's so much information within that food that allows our body to either just survive or thrive and that, that, that's a key question to ask yourself do you want to survive or do you want to thrive and I think when we look at the epigenetic effect now the epigenetic effect is a term that you know some people may have heard maybe a new word for them um, but it's such a key one to understand because it's basically shifting the thought process from you know our genes are our destiny so to speak um what what cards you've been given is the hand that you play so to speak so what we know now particularly through research of the last kind of 15 20 years probably 20 plus years now time flies 
Um, the epigenetic effect is basically what the gene, the, the effect upon the gene, okay, or the message above the gene, and that dictates how the gene decides to express itself in its environment. And there's brilliant research out there with identical twins, literally identical genetic potential. Um, you know, one goes left, one goes right, so to speak. So different lifestyle factors, different nutritional factors, and the outcome is completely different. So first and foremost, yeah, nutrition's powerful. It's, it's a message that we send to our body. It has a massive epigenetic effect on in terms of the environment that cell is in and whether it, you know, it's, there's a, there's a saying in the nutritional world or the epigenetic world that genes load the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger, so to speak. Okay, so what it means is like the environment is dictating how that gene expresses itself. So when we look at nutrition, there's a lot of foundations around nutrition we can touch on, touch on as we move forward. But if we're eating sort of the right fuel for our genome, right? So yes, there's, there's a lot of individual variations between nutrition and food. And as they say, one person's food can be another person's poison. And, and yeah, it can be, totally. Um, but we've got to start first and foremost, and what is food? What's real food? Okay. And if we talk about nutrient density or optimal nutrition, we're talking about real food. Okay. Real food in the sense of, is it, is it you know, we're talking about fruits and vegetables. We're talking about, you know, proteins. We're talking about nuts and seeds, things that nature provides for us or things that we can forage or hunt for, so to speak. Now, when we start to choose our food from that foundation, okay, we're starting to align with our genetic potential. We, we aren't designed to eat a whole lot of processed food, right? And that's one of the big issues with nutrition nowadays. You know, we're smart enough to create food, but we're also dumb enough to eat it. Okay, so we look at it from that perspective. Yeah, real first and foremost, it's aligned with real food, mm. which is going to send a different message to your body, which is going to give you a different result. You know, and it plays a massive role. If we thought, if we think about, if we're injured, for example, there's going to be a level of inflammation there, right? And there's going to be tissue damage, or you know, some some form of tissue, or you know, soft tissue or ligament or whatever it might be damaged there. And the body needs to heal that. And how, how does that heal it? It heals it through building blocks, through our nutrition, through our immune responses, okay, through our hormone responses. And they all play a pretty key role. And if we're not giving our body the tools it needs to get the job done, it won't be able to get the job done. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to be a pretty long, hard process trying to do something without the tools. Have there been studies that have been done, I don't know, it that when somebody's recovering and they're really watching their nutrition, how much quicker or how much better they recover? Like, is it, does it lay down less scar tissue? Is there something that some kind of... Oh, loads. I mean, yeah, 100%. J jump into to, to PubMed and, and just have a look at, if you want to dive down a rabbit hole, um, <laughs> nutrition and, and, and recovery, um, nutrition and rehabilitation. Um, right across the board, physically, mentally, emotionally, you'll, be, you'll have your work cut out because there's a... There is a lot. Um, and yet a lot around reducing inflammation, accelerating tissue repair. I, I get my clients tell me all the time, you know, if there's if I'm working with a client that's had an injury or post-surgery, for example, is always a great one. So they may have had a procedure. Um, and they're like, okay, well, let's go back to the surgeon in eight weeks and or we'll do it, we'll do a three-week follow-up and then we'll do a eight-week follow-up. And they go back to the to the surgeon for a three-week follow-up post-operation, post-surgery, and they'll do some checks and basically 10, 10 times out of 10, right? All the, all the time, if they're on a good 
nutritional protocol that I'll put them on. I've got a functional medicine protocol that I'll put them on to aid tissue healing. Um, and their gut's working for them and they can digest and absorb food well. The, the surgeon goes, I don't know what you're doing, but you're well ahead of the game. I would, you know, you're at three weeks where I'd expect to see you at eight to 10 weeks. Okay. And like, I don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing it. And they're like, oh, well, I'm doing this. And they're like, oh, great. Well, fantastic. You know, tell me a little bit more about it. So it plays a big role. And I see it firsthand in my practice and research backs it up, you know, um, abundantly as I, as I mentioned before. Awesome. Why do you think it is that people are so um, resistant to look at nutrition or are not even seeing it as a factor when they are injured or when, and they are trying to heal or from post-surgery and things as well? Uh, good question. I guess, there's, again, there's a number of factors that come into play with that. A lot of people just see food as fuel, almost like just energy or I'm hungry, I'm just going to eat something and that will, that will do the job. If it if it, if it ceases hunger, well, I'll put the nail on the head, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I think that's one factor in terms of just our relationship with food or this whole energy and energy out. And, you know, I don't like the word calories, but it's all part of it. Um, but, you know, calories in, calories out. We just look at the numbers and the body will just get on with it. You know, we know that all calorie, calories aren't created equal. Um, they have a different nutritional profile. They have a completely different message to send to the body and they have a different completely different hormonal effect on the body as well so as i mentioned before you know some foods can switch on inflammation and some foods can switch off inflammation so that's like the individual message from foods that are say um really highly processed or contain lots of sugar or gluten or things the message they're sending to the body is inflammation basically is that what we're sort of yeah yeah they can well we know that or, or any form of dysfunction um Despite you know imbalance or dysregulation or or any form of Western disease starts with inflammation, mm. right? And yeah, food is a food is a big big trigger of that. It's not the only piece of the puzzle, but it plays a big role in upregulating that inflammation. Mm. Yeah, right. And in that, I think that's also something that a lot of people don't know is that inflammation mm -hmm. is the cause of illness. Yeah, and that and that starts to create a cascade of effects. Now that illness, that illness or that dysfunction or whatever it might be can manifest on on a completely different level depending on the individual and and in, in a completely different way but we know that any form of disease will start with inflammation any form of it right. including manifesting in mental health i assume as well yeah or mental health yeah yeah definitely 100 you know i think there's a there's a term called the gut brain connection Right, and it's real. You've got your gut and you've got your brain and you've got a vagus nerve, which is probably the most important nerve in your body that connects the two. It's like a highway. And stay in research shows if there's inflammation in your gut, there'll be inflammation in your brain. Mm. Right, so brain fog, uh, memory, um, levels of inspiration, optimism, the ability to think clearly, the ability to be creative. All of these kind of things can, can really connect. And I do a lot of work with the gut-brain connection and making sure the gut is right. And, you know, we make we make 80% of our serotonin in our gut. Wow. Right? Serotonin, yeah. The, the, for, for, the, for the listeners that aren't sure what serotonin is, it makes you feel good. It's pretty important. And it's a precursor to a whole lot of other aspects as well. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. If there's inflammation, there's going to be a, a, a blurred message sent from the gut to the brain. Mm, wow, that is massive in itself. And I know that one of the things that we really wanted to dive into was gut health, um, because I think 
that's your your belief and i and i um agree with this as well from what i from what little i know is that the gut is just a massive indicator of how healthy and happy you are huge i mean i think a wise man once said all disease begins in the gut right all the what or the disease or or, oh. or any form of disease or dis-ease yeah begins in the gut okay cool yeah right okay so yeah it's it's, it's hugely important that the gut brain connection the gut is like the roots of your tree and okay. and this is physically mentally emotionally mm -hmm. right and we talk about nutrition it doesn't matter if you're eating superfoods real food you know organic spray free chemical free nutrient dense there's a saying that you are what you eat right well i think it's a bit misleading because we're actually not what we're eating we are what we can digest and assimilate so if your gut isn't working for you, you know, just because you're eating well, and I see it all the time, I see a lot of, a lot of clients I see in my practice, they know a lot about nutrition. They've, they've been dealing with their own, you know, journey and, and their own symptoms for, for a long period of time. We live in a world now where, you know, we've got this thing called Google, right? And, and it, can be, it can be a good thing, but it can also be a slippery slope as well if used in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, that they've been eating really well, but it, just because you're eating well doesn't mean you can digest and absorb that food. And that comes back to your gut health again. You know, so, if, you're not, if you're not working on those foundations, mm. you know, as you mentioned, you know, the internal is a manifestation of the external. Sorry, the external is a manifestation of the internal. Mm. Okay, so if your roots of the tree are nourished and deep and strong, you know, it can really absorb the nutrients that you're, that you're nourishing yourself with. Yeah, that will manifest it to the external level and that will be in your energy and your mental clarity um in your optimism um in your connection your purpose and your service that will come right through it's just like the fruit of the tree right we don't go and paint the leaves green on a tree if they're brown do we no that would take a long time as well yeah, but but the funny thing is we say that right i say this to so many people and they look at me and they're like of course we don't that's like, but that's what we do in our health yeah. right we, we we get a um we have a symptom where we Google, oh, I want to take this supplement. Oh, I, oh, no, I need to start eating this food, right? And it's like, but yeah, like that, that's like trying to paint the leaves green on the tree. If you can't absorb it, if your roots of your tree aren't absorbing light and, and water, okay, you know, you're just going to keep painting those leaves green and the mm -hmm. internal is never going to manifest to the external. Yeah, absolutely. You know? so on that level, people look at me sideways and go, well, of course you wouldn't. And it's like, but you're kind of doing that to your own self you're, you're painting your own you're trying to paint your own leaves green right we need to make sure that we can lay the foundations first and foremost and then optimize that through through key nutrition mm. so this um i have a feeling is going to be a big question but um as best as you can <laughs> <laughs> why um what what happens to our guts that they end up in such a place where we're not able to assimilate and digest our foods like what what goes wrong there's a number of factors and we look at one as we're talking nutrition that the wrong kind of foods mm -hmm. as we mentioned things like sugar and vegetable oil you know hydrogenated vegetable oils um processed sugars artificial colorings sweeteners preservatives um, grains to a certain extent particularly if they're you know not soaked or or not pre-sprouted or they're not fermented we got to realize that Traditionally, we used to, when we're eating grains, we used to sprout, soak, or, or ferment the grain first and foremost. Mm. And there was a reason for that. 
basically what that did was it would pre-break down the anti-nutrients in the grain and make the food more nutrient dense, but also more bioavailable. So we could digest it more effectively. As human beings, we don't have fermentable stomachs. We're not orangutans, we're not, we're not cows, we're, and we only have one stomach, right? So if you look at a lot of animals, mammals that, that eat a lot of plant-based food, a lot of the times they can ferment really effectively or particularly high grain-based. And a lot of them have two, two stomachs. They'll ferment one and they'll pass it through. It's quite, quite fascinating. But when we look at the human, you know, we, we only have a very short transit time and we have one stomach and we don't ferment food very well. Okay. So, you know, a lot of sort of unfermented grains can, can lead to a lot of anti-nutrients and inflammation and, and gut deregulation. Stress is a big one. You know, stress can really lead to um, that. That's nutritional stress. That's physical, mental, emotional stress. That can so lead put to pause because I want to remember to ask you this question. So can you talk a little bit more about anti-nutrients? Because I think a lot of people just assume if they're eating, so plant-based is quite a big um, buzzword at the moment and people assume that if it's a plant then it's good for you mm. is this a good time to talk about that now or should we talk about that when we talk about our sort of myths of things that no, we, we, we can tap into that while we're okay. here so i mean pl plants just you know plants in their natural environment have protective mechanisms you know so to keep them thriving in their environment and a lot of those protective and uh those protective sort of nutrients or proteins can be triggers for our human gut. So things like goitrogens or lectins or sarpamins, these, these are just terms of certain anti-nutrients that can create inflammation in the, in the human gut. Alongside um, even the husk or the shell of, of certain plants um, or grains can, can have that as well. And that goes back to that soaking or pre-sprouting factor. Okay, and when we, when we consume those kind of foods, particularly in their raw form or unsprouted form, those anti-nutrients, one, they create inflammation in the, in the gut, but they also bind onto micromineral receptor sites, right? So over a long period of time, if they're binding onto micromineral receptor sites, they're going to block your body's ability or they're going to take the space so you can't absorb all the nutrient density from your food, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. If there's a key already in the hole, well, you can't put another one in there. Yeah. You know, so then anti-nutrients kind of work like that, or just, just on, a, on, a, on a basic, easy level to get your head around and, and move forward with, with that information. They kind of, they, they can take up space, they can plug the key into the hole, and then you don't have the, the space or the variety to, to, absorb your anti, uh, to your, absorb your nutrients, so to speak. They have these for, to protect themselves in their environment. You know, plant-based foods are, are fantastic, but we need to understand how we prep them. Um, some foods, are, you know, more salady type of stuff is, is, is a little bit, you know, um, generally okay more from a raw perspective. But when we start to move into, you know, your cruciferous forms and some of the darker leafy greens, um, particularly if there's any thyroid issues and things like that, um, and, and heavy amounts, they can be an issue. Right. Yeah. And so some of them are okay if you cook them a certain way and things like that. Yeah, like steaming vegetables and you don't have to, destroy them by all means you know like just a, a, a good three to five minute steam um can can break down a lot of these um a lot of these anti-nutrients in, in the vegetables and then obviously the the sprouting you know soaking aspect um and, and the grains can can great for for breaking down that aspect as well and sort of fermenting those aspects awesome
Awesome, cool. So um, I don't know if you can hear the dog snoring in the background. She's just... She's out to it. She's, we're, we're pretty exciting. <laughs> we're pretty... Yeah, she's not so interested in... She's, she's thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were, we were talking about why um, the gut was blowing up and not working and we were, we were up to stress so we got with um nutrition being poor and also stress can really cause it and so when we're talking about stress are we talking about like a little bit of stress here and there or like prolonged stress or sudden stress like what is it that can actually make our guts not work yeah good question i think stress as you mentioned more chronic stress you know more more distress over a long period of time there's you know there's generally two forms of stress you stress and distress stress can be healthy forms and that's you know at intervals and it's, it can be a challenge for you um, but we can we can put a marker in the sand and we can switch off on that stress mm. you know, and, and that's no different to you know you going outside and, and doing a good movement you know um, session or you know something like that or you might do some cold therapy or jump in, a, in, a, in an infrared sauna or something that's going to bring you some some good use stress which is going to give you some good beneficial adaptation uh, even from a mental emotional level right you know you might have a curveball in your day or something you didn't expect and you might have a moment of of stress or whatever you know a, a, a perception to that but then you put it back in its place and you move on accordingly right chronic stress or distress is when it, it, it whacks you out of alignment for long periods of time right uh, we're talking kind of more weeks months years type thing um and the impact of that on the on the immune system and um of the gut function because when we're in a stress state remember we send energy out to our peripheral and our hindbrain right? our peripheral and our which brain our hind brain or hind. Okay. brain or, or you know hind back of the back of the brain okay. so we shall we, we we send a lot of energy blood chi back back into those the hindbrain and our peripheral so our visceral, right, our, our, our gut, our, our, our visceral organs through our torso, they don't get a lot of energy. They don't get a lot of movement, right? They don't get a lot of nourishment because if you're stressed, your body's physiology is saying survive. It's not time to, it's not time to thrive. And from a nutritional digestive perspective, if you're in a stressed state, yeah, you know, your, your digestive organs, um, your pancreatic function, your gut bacteria, um, your liver, all these kind of, your pancreas, all these kind of organs that play a key role in, in your ability to digest food and, and break it down, they're not really working or they're working at 10 or 20%, mm. right? So that, that contributes to the breakdown of the gut or the gut function. And then we start to get food that putrefies in our gut. Right, which basically means it sits for longer because we haven't got the, the energy or capacity there to break it down. Mm. And we are actually more uh, bacteria than we are human beings. Okay, cell per cell, we have more microbes in our, in our, in our microbiome than we do human cells. Wow, that's okay? cute. So, we're, and, we're, and within that, there's this unique balance. It's kind of like the, 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 um, the forest flora of, of, a, of a beautiful forest. Right, like it's there for a reason, and it, and it plays a massive role in the ecosystem. So does our microbiome or our microflora. But if that starts to get outnumbered, you know that when we talk about stress in our microbiome, we've got beneficial bacteria, we've got 
potential pathogenic bacteria. Okay, and then we've got pathogenic bacteria that generally enter from an external form. Now, the potential pathogenic bacteria, they're brilliant. They're, they're good. You know, that's, that's like the trainer to the client, right? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you a little bit. I'm going to monitor it, though, and, and do well. Um, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some eustress so you can adapt and, and move forward. And the potential pathogenic bacteria do that pretty well, okay, to our beneficial bacteria and to our immune system. But if they start to proliferate, they get a bit carried away, okay, and they kind of lose their, 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 their form and they start really controlling the environment, right? And they start to throw the party on their terms, right? So that's when the gut function starts to happen, right? And you start to, you might have, you know, um, leaky gut or that, that, that's a term called SIBO when you start to get a, a dysbiosis, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. But the cascade of that, and we won't go too deep into that and, and lose too many people on, the, on, on, on today's chat, but surface level of that is you start to get a gut dysbiosis right the gut doesn't work as effectively you might have chronic cravings you might have skin issues you might have you know um irritability emotional aspects you may have brain fog memory um joint pain whatever it might be it can manifest in different different you know ways and shapes and forms for each and every individual but that's what longer term stress can do in a roundabout way to the gut that's that's huge. Um, and it's interesting as well that you mentioned joint pain because then again, that comes ties back into what we we're talking about before. If people want optimal performance and, you know, so how many people complain about their knees? I've heard people in their late 20s complaining about the knees and then blaming it on the age. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> like this is not oh, 100%. And the, the age call, right? It's just so easy to use. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just old age, right? And it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, like, I feel better now at 41 than I did, you know, just, just applying the knowledge and, you know, the, what I've learned across the way and, and, and through my practice. And I, I feel better now, you know, um, than I did 20 years ago, right? Yeah. And you talk about nutrition and, and its impact. About 20 years ago, I was playing um, touch, right? Well, it was over in London. So it was oh, probably 15 years ago, whatever it might, might have been. Um, and I was playing touch and my, I just kept getting like this recurrent knee pain, um, and, and both knees, particularly after practice or training, um, or, or a game, and it would just linger for a few days and then it would come, I'd have a good day. And then it would come back again when I play, particularly during the season with a little bit of swelling. And I'm like, this, this isn't, and this was about, you know, I was, I was really starting to, to tap into, um, integrated medicine, functional medicine, holistic nutrition. And that, that was one of the, you know, I was, I was really exploring the space quite, quite full on back then as well. And I started to tweak a few things and took gluten out of, 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 my, of my nutrition and played around and started to increase the nutrient density of real food. And I thought, you know, from my university studies and, and, and you know, diving deep into to performance nutrition and sports nutrition and, um, you know, I, I thought I was, you know, I was applying that knowledge, right? Um, but lo and behold, looking back, it was basically just food pyramid driven or what I call the, the standard American diet or standard Australian diet. And if you abbreviate that, it's called SAD and it is pretty sad, right? Um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, it was high grain based, um, unfermented, unsoaked, um, high gluten based. It was just pretty much quite pro-inflammatory. And when I started to remove all of those aspects, Jeez, it was a whole new world, you know. Well, my knees felt like I was 
six again and back flipping off the couch in the living room, right? Like it was, it was a whole new world. And I had, haven't, my knees haven't bothered me since. Haven't been an issue at all. Yeah. Right? They just feel so good. Um, and yeah, but, but this is through, remember health is a journey. It's not a destination. You know, it's not a diet. Um, it's not a six week phase. It, it's, it's, it's a journey that, you know, yeah, you've got to earn the next day, right? What you do today is going to create your reality tomorrow. And, you know, if your drive and purpose and connection is aligned with that, well, you know, you can make a pretty good fist of it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, showing up and being able to be consistent across that board as well. Mm, absolutely. I think um, you're, you're bringing up another important thing is that drive that I know that you have, I've always seen it within you. You have a very strong drive. You're, you, um, you commit to something because you have a reason. And I feel like that's why you're so good at committing to things is because you understand the reason why you're doing something. And I can imagine this is something that you're very good. I mean, I know that you did it with your personal training. You're really great at getting your clients to find the reason why they're doing things. Is this something that's really big to help people commit to changing their diets? Yeah, huge. You know, it's not what we do. It's why we do it, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Right. And, you know, consistency is so important when we look at health and well-being. It's not what you do sporadically, but what you do consistently that's going to give you the result, the fruition, right? And the ability to be consistent, right? People talk about motivation, right? Like what, what an endless game, mm. right? It's, it's just you're chasing your shadow, right? It's something externally outside of yourself. That will come and go just like happiness and sadness, right? It's an experience that you're going you're gonna to have one minute and, and you might drift off and, and it might leave you. But if you're inspired from within, right? And then you take radical responsibility to tap into that space. Yeah, consistency just is the fruit of the tree. Yeah. Right, it just happens for you. You don't even have to think about being consistent. You're just driven from a, a foundation that brings consistency to fruition, right? So you're not searching for motivation. Yeah. You know? And I think, well, I think when you look at health, it's not about just being, you know, you can go off piece the occasion, it's okay, right? If you nail 80%, Right, if you get the 80-20 the rule, right, if you nail 80% and you can be consistent in that space, the 20% will take care of itself. Mm. Right? That might be that, you know, the, the the sweet treats or the whatever it might be for you. It might be a, you know, a few nice glasses of uh, you know, wine or, or or a party occasionally, or whatever it might be for you, right? Like whatever floats your boat it might be a nice ice cream or whatever it is, you know, some good chocolate, whatever it is. Hey, I like. I like all those things too, you know, it's, um, but if you can put it into perspective and now you're 80% foundation, the 20% will take care of itself. Now I say that loosely and generally, you know, like when, when you're working with dysfunction, when you're working to realign the body, sometimes you need to bring it in a little bit, you know, for a period of time to rebuild the, the body, rebuild the gut, rebuild the ability to absorb and, and optimize your nutrient in, intake and optimize. And then you can build that, that, um, that resiliency out again but generally speaking if you nail the 80 percent, the 20 percent will take care of itself awesome but, but yeah definitely connect them to why you're doing it you know people people like the idea of health or, or having more energy um but when they see the plan right it's a different story you need, yeah, to, you need, to, you need think, to want it not like like yeah, it you need to want it i also think there's a huge thing just from from people my clients is that they have to believe in themselves and they've got to get to that space of believing that this can happen for them because there's so much that belief out there oh it can happen for them if they do it 
but it's never going to change for me. Like it's because I'm, they've, they're stuck in that belief of it's because I'm old or it's because da, da, da. So, 100%. yeah. That comes back to that epigenetics, right? Like if you start to, if you start to give yourself a different message, mm. your, your body's phenomenal, right? Just, just get out of the way of it, right? But it just, if you create an environment that's different, if you've always done what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got, right? Mm-hmm. But if you start to change what you're doing, that epigenetic effect's going to come in and give you a different feedback, a different tune, right? And you might go, oh, okay, this is a bit different, but that's great. Difference is fantastic. It means you're doing something different. It means that you're recreating neural nets to create a different experience. You know, so same same with the nutrition. Yeah, like if you start to change things, like every human being's got the potential for change, right? We've just got to connect with a why and a purpose as to, and if you want to, I always say where there's a bull, there's a way, where there's not, there's an excuse, right? Yeah. So yeah, purpose, purpose, so so important. That, that that's you know when, when people come there, it's the first chat I have. Great, you know, there's, there's a lot we can do, hundred percent, you know, but. I want to know why. I want to know what why is it important to you, mm. right? Um, because subconsciously we don't always embrace change, Mm-mm. you know. And yeah, as I said, if someone keeps doing what they're doing, they will always get what they've always got. So you know, don't be surprised if nothing does change. I, I would say, without having even asked you this question yet, that's got to be one of the nuggets that you'd want to give away because. If you're sitting here thinking, oh yeah, maybe I've got some of those symptoms from that gut health thing, or um, maybe I've got inflammation or I've got some injuries that won't heal, then there's also like, there's another reason deeper down. And it's kind of like, ask yourself, why is it important for you to have that? And also the other side of that, what are you getting out of not having this heal? Like what is that secondary gain that you're getting that you're not yet admitting to yourself? Yeah, 100%. How's that feeding you? You know, Mm -hmm. and is that, you know, do you want to change? Yeah. Right. It's scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it can be for some hundred percent, you know, definitely. Um, but, you know, I always say, you'll know when you're ready, <laughs> right? You, you'll, you'll be sick and tired of being sick and tired or the archetype or the, the, the identity or the story just doesn't quite fit anymore, whatever it might be for, for the individual. Um, and, and that's pretty important to just clarify and, and, you know, um, draw out as well so it's clear moving forward is key mm-hmm. and, I, and i think when we yeah i mean when we go back just in case you don't ask around that when we link it back to the nutrition because we can easily drift off track a little bit pin you and i um <laughs> but you know going back to nutrition and gut health and we talk about you know one person's food can be another person's you know poison if you're you know, yeah, if there's gut dysregulation, you're going to have immune dysregulation because 80% of your immune system resides in your gut. Okay. Again, another powerful takeaway, serotonin and immune function. Feel good and your body's first line of defense. They're in the gut. Wow. Right. It is. It's pretty important. So, And I wanted to talk to you about immune system too, because it's such a massive, such an important topic right now. So yeah. So, and also just, just to discuss the nutrition, even though you could eat really good nutrient dense, real food, as we discussed here, you know, um, you could still react to that if the gut's not right. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the confusion, the fog, the inflammation starts to, basically there's a term called molecular mimicry. Basically when the, the immune system starts to get confused between proteins and foods. And a lot of foods can be pretty similar almost in, in nature. They can almost be, you know, first cousins with a couple of little tweaks. So when, the, when there's a bit of confusion or there's a bit of brain fog in the immune system, 
it kind of doesn't always get that right. So it might start, you know, reacting to say tomatoes, you know, might go, okay, well, eggplant and, you know, nightshades or, you know, um, over a period of time. And that's why you can see a lot of people, they go, oh, you know, it started, you know, a little while ago, I started to just eat, you know, pumpkin and I noticed I was bloating and not feeling great. And so I cut that out and I felt good and that, that changed. And that. then it kind of moved into, you know, carrots or leafy greens or now it's protein. And now actually all I eat is, you know, lettuce and, and a glass of water because I can't do anything else. Right. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's not the, the food, it's the dysregulation and the immunity and the gut that's now started to create that. You heal that, you seal that, you address that and you st your immune system starts to work more effectively again. Mm. Right, you can start to eat these foods that used to cause triggers, real foods that used to cause triggers. Right, mm. yeah, so that, that's just important to, to, to be mindful of as well because some people can clean up their nutrition but just go, Hey, yeah, I felt good for two or three weeks, but then you know the, the symptoms started to reside again and come through. So, just food for thought. This is this is um something else that I wanted to bring in as well, is because it seems to be so confusing, like understanding what to eat, and I think you've you've kind of told us one of the big reasons why is that when we've already got these issues within our gut or anywhere else in our system we're going to make something that could be really good for us look like it's not good for us at all mm. can people actually be um be born with a gut issue like is it is it possible if the mother is not optimally healthy that the the baby doesn't come through with enough yeah good question again we, we, we see through research you know um when you compare say a natural birth to a cesarean birth for example there's a different microbiome in the in the baby mm. okay because a natural birth starts to um it, it kind of wipes the baby with with bacteria right okay and that starts to create a different microbiome the in gestation you know the the environment that's created in that space shapes and, and determines the microbiome. The mother's microbiome can, can have a massive influence on, on the, the, the baby's microbiome as well. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, from, from that perspective, it can have a huge influence. And then moving forward from that, you know, yeah, we've come through a period of time when antibiotic use has just been rife, you know, they just throw it out for anything nowadays. You know, and that's creating massive havoc in, you know, antibiotics. Don't I'm not, I'm not anti-antibiotics. I think they're, they're, they're a great thing in emergency situations, but they're no longer prescribed for what they used to be, you know, and they're just over-prescribed now and it's having a massive influence on our, on our gut and our microbiome and our immunity and our, and our overall health and well-being and performance. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the ways that, um, well, I guess the way that the majority of people nowadays get uh, their nutrition is through cafes and restaurants, maybe ordering out that kind of thing. Mm. Um, what's what? Are there any foods that are like really toxic to us to eat that are kind of in cafes and restaurants all the time? Again, yeah, vegetable oil and refined sugar. Okay, right. one of the hardest things about eating out, or the challenges, so to speak, is is the vegetable oil, unfortunately. Like a not a not, I mean, and, and you've got to do some research, right? But un, un, a lot of restaurants, they'll cook in, in vegetable oil or they'll cook in olive oil, which isn't a heat stable fat, right? And the issue with that is we start to put a, a lot of rancid fat in our body, rancid oil, 
right? And one of the most pro-inflammatory things, behind, you know, just ahead of sugar, um, refined sugar is refined vegetable oil, right? And it, it can cause havoc. Um, so yeah, one of the biggest, most challenging aspects of eating out is the vegetable oil and, and, and cooked food, particularly if you're eating out for dinners and things like that, or um, a cooked breakfast, you know, along those lines. Refined sugar and foods to, to increase the taste is another big one. And we know through research that the more foods you eat at home or the more meals you eat at home, sorry, the healthier you are, right? Um, there just comes with more nutrient density. Um, people can be a lot more aware as well. But if you are eating out, just be mindful of those. You know, um, do your research, um, ask questions. And then, and then the quality of the food obviously comes into play as well. You know, um, you know, go to places that you may know or, you know, it, it has improved a lot, okay, with more awareness and, and people becoming a lot more health conscious and aware. Um, so, you know, you're getting a lot more quality versus the quantity out there in, in, in some restaurants and more particularly, you know, privately owned restaurants rather than commercial chains and things like that, generally speaking. But yeah, if you're eating out, be mindful, um, still try and eat seasonal, right? And as close to home as possible. Um, try not to eat too, like one of the big issues in the Western where we throw too much information at our, at our digestive system. You know, what we overcomplicate meals. And because, because we're used to eating, if, if we are eating that sad diet, as I said, with a lot of artificial sweeteners and colors and preservatives and things, our taste buds kind of get addicted to the, to the intensity for a while. And it takes a little while to strip that back. But, you know, they just, they just want to be entertained all the time, mm. right? So we start to look for more foods and it has to have all this flavoring and, you know, and, and then we have, you know, we could sit down and that, that's why Christmas, right? Like most people have a food coma and they have to lie on the couch for about four hours and go, don't talk to me, I can't move and my gut hurts, right? Because we've eaten pretty much everything under the sun and everything that was on the table. We've tried so many different foods, you know, it's kind of like if I threw, you know, a ball at you, you'd catch it, right? Generally speaking, you might, you know, you know potentially. <laughs> all right. But, but if, if, if I threw, say, two balls at you, you know, you, yeah, you, you'll be able to work your space. If I start to throw eight balls at you, you're just going to go, ah, and panic and probably drop all of them and go, I don't, I don't know what to focus on, mm -hmm. right? People are doing that a lot of the time with food. They just throw like four different kinds of protein and 12 different vegetables or they make a smoothie and it's got like 46 different ingredients. And they're like, oh, I, I just, you know, I'm falling asleep or my gut hurts or my stools are loose or I've got brain fog. And I'm like, okay, just let's have a look at that. And she's like, oh, well, I do a smoothie. And six hours later, we're still talking about the amount of ingredients that goes into it. Wow. Okay. It's just, it's just too much. <clears throat> that, that's an interesting thing. So that's one of those things that I think um, a lot of people are like, well, more is better, right? Yeah, 100%. And in this superfood, and if I combine 36 different superfoods, I want to be thriving. Right, and it just doesn't quite work like that. Yeah, you know, there's some three key, key three key things around nutrition that you really want to master. Right, you want to eat, you want to eat basically real food as I discussed. Mm -hmm. right? real nutrient dense food, and what I mean by that is if you're opening a packet, you're off piste. Right, you've gone off track. Mm -hmm. Real food journey doesn't come in a packet, and it doesn't have nutritional information on it because it's not manufactured. Yeah. Okay. Has it been made in a lab or, you know, X, Y, Z? Then you want to eat seasonal, 
right? Because seasonally eating just literally just tunes you into the environment. Mm. And when you eat seasonally, you talk about immunity, it gives you the, the nutrients you need for that moment in time, right? Yeah. Okay. So wherever you are, you know, eat seasonally. No matter what part of the world you're in, eat seasonally, and you'll naturally start to bring um, diversity and variety to your, to your nutrition, to your health, right? And then the next phase, eat as close to home as possible. Right, so real food seasonally and is close to home. Right, we now live in a world where, you know, I remember living in, in London, right? And I could go into to, to Waitrose and I could get a coconut and it's snowing outside. Right, I need a coconut from the Bahamas and I'm, I'm looking out and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still snowing. Okay, or I could get a mango from, you know, Northern Australia and in, in, in London, or I could get a rock hard kiwi fruit from New Zealand. Right, you know, it's we're, we're so disconnected and we're eating foods you know, just from a commercial perspective that have got no nutritional wisdom and knowledge to set you up for the moment or where you are. So I have a question about that because I, for example, <clears throat> I drink um, coconut milk and eat coconut oil all year round. Should I have a break from that? Well, coconut oil, when you look at it from that perspective, it, it's, it's a, you're using it kind of as an oil. Yes, like anything, have a break from everything. <laughs> you know um yeah mix it up you know you might mix it up and well, I, I rotate um i use ghee i'll use butter i'll use goose fat i'll use lard i'll use coconut oil and i might do six weeks on coconut oil um you know the, the lard and things i use more in the in the winter months and the darker months the coconut oils the ghee um i, I use a little bit more in, in, the, in the summer months and it just kind of rolls through from that but yeah just just you know if you know, hey, if there's dairy issues or casein issues or lactose issues, obviously stay clear of the, the, the butter or the ghee, but, you know, duck fat, goose fat, lard, all, all key good nourishing heat-stable fats, mm. vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K, very, very important for your for your immunity and your immune function. So, yeah, just, just mix it up from that, from that perspective. But when we're starting to look at foods in terms of, you know, um, not necessarily just things you're cooking with, um as as those options but you know foods that you're eating on a regular basis with your meals yeah just be mindful of that as well and yeah and and, and with coconut milk just give yourself a bit of a breather at times yep mix awesome. it up bring some variety in awesome so we we've touched on this in a few different areas already but what would you say are some of the key things you probably hear from your clients all the time that we just assume that they're good for us they're almost like a um health cliche if you like um, but actually they're, they're not at all. So what kind of things do you hear a lot? I know that a lot of people think, for example, canola oil is good for them. It's called the good oil in this branding that we've got here. Um, so maybe we'll start with that, but what, what do you, what do you have? Um, I mean, olive oil was one that I always hear, like, you know, people buy a, that, that, you know, they'll invest in a nice olive oil or come in a, in a, in a dark, you know, bottle because it's, you know, sensitive to light. Uh, it'll have cold pressed on the on the bottle and then they'll go and fry it with it or put it on the barbecue or and it's like but hang on a second this is a monounsaturated fat it's it's cold pressed for a reason and it's in a dark glass because it's it's sensitive it can go rancid relatively quickly so use olive oil as a dressing on salads um, a cold dressing over vegetables whatever it might be um, but don't don't fry with it it's a medium it's a medium temperature fat I don't really take it close to any temperatures, I use olive oil as a, as a good dressing on my on my vegetables and, and salads. And you also, if you have your vegetables with fat, olive oil, um, some butter or something like that, you'll actually absorb and digest them more effectively. Mm. Mm. 
Another one, I mean, things I hear all the time, generally around the month of January, the new diet, the new fad or the new thousand that come out every year. Okay, um, diets, yep, okay, it's a merry-go-round. Um, as I said earlier, diets don't work, health is a lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Or, or, or juice detoxes, you know? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it can be pretty dangerous, right? You know, there's, there's, there's three, technically four stages of detoxification without boring the audience too much and putting them to sleep. Um, but you need, yes, there's the, the, the plant-based nutrients, um, you know, are, are pretty important. We also need amino acids. Right. So if you're if your bin is overflowing in the kitchen, right, there's no point in just putting it in the garage. Right. You just move it from one place to another. Right. You actually need to get it out onto the road for it to be collected to actually get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So most people just move toxins from one place to another and think they've kind of got there, or they may excrete a little bit um, out and then they're still recirculating and reabsorbing those toxins as well. Right. And remember, toxins that aren't detoxified effectively cause damage cellular damage and inflammation and so you're saying juice um fast whatever they're called detoxes have the potential to do that well you, you're only doing you're only doing half the detoxification because you're right. missing out on the amino acids yeah a lot of them aren't, aren't done very effectively you know so people go oh what do you think about this you know 12-day lemon water fast Right. Um, yeah. And I'll tell them what I think of the, the 12 day and water fast. <laughs> um, and then they start to look at it from a little bit differently and they go, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. No wonder I felt terrible last year. I felt great for 10 days, but it was more because I stopped eating all the shit that I was eating beforehand. Okay. And I stopped drinking and I, you know, reduced my, my coffee intake. And, you know, it wasn't really the detox, it was the, um, the shift and not putting all the toxins in. Okay. That gave your body a breather. And then, it caught up over a period of time so yeah that, that's another sort of cliche or um something i hear a lot of or people talk about or um along those lines either the fad diet or the or the or the juice or water detox or something like that along those lines or or the um going through supplements you're like oh, okay yeah great you know so you've got a long list there you know tell, tell me why you're on these oh, i'm not sure I'm, you know my best friend said this was great and it helped her and or, you know, um, I saw this, this thing popped up on Facebook and it looked fantastic and, you know, and they end up on, you know, 40 different kind of superfoods or supplements and, you know, the gut starts to, to, to sort of create issues and they're not feeling that great. And yeah, there's a little bit overloaded. Think of it like, you know, we live in a world of information, right? You know, like your phone's always beeping, you can, your own, anything's just a Google away and it can be too much if it's not managed effectively. Right, you just you just freeze it. You're just an overload, and you hear these people go, "Oh, well, I seem to, you know, do a digital detox." Right. Well, it's the same thing with food. You know, it's the same environment. We we can walk 100 meters up the road, go to a supermarket, and the world's our oyster. Right, 24/7 almost. And now you can even actually just press a couple of clicks and not have to walk up to the supermarket. It's at your front door. Yeah. Right. You know. So yeah. You know, we're becoming convenience comes at a price as well, and we can atrophy massively if we're not mindful. Absolutely. Um, do you have time for one more question? I know that you've got to go. Somewhere. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what could people at three different stages, like um, already really feeling pretty poor and um, not healthy, feeling pretty good, but they've got some symptoms going on. And then um, for someone who's actually just wanting to optimize that they want to look younger, they want to have more energy, that kind of thing. Can you give us just a piece of advice or somewhere to start or somewhere to check in with for, for each of those three 
different people. Okay, listen to your body. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. Cool. Can you just clarify which one was for which? <laughs> yeah. So first and foremost, start listening to our bodies. Yeah. Right. We we we're very good at um, at overriding it, right? Mm -hmm. um, or or numbing ourselves, or just turning it down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, listen to your body and 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 reconnect with it because it's telling you that something's out of whack or out of balance or or out of alignment. Okay. Now the first one you mentioned was someone with a specific um, issue. imbalance or issue or yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So start to look at the environment. Start to look at you know your choices. Start to look at you know first and foremost on the physical level. Um, look at key things in, in terms of hydration, sleep, and 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 breathing. Okay, first and foremost, uh, because you know, as I mentioned as well, if you're in a stress state, if you're not breathing well, that's going to upregulate that stress response and that nervous system perspective. You're not going to digest food very well. Right, you're not going to be able to absorb. So first thing is first is going. Okay, well, what what is there? And I work very holistically and integratively. So, you know, when a client comes to me and presents himself with it with a specific symptom um there's a whole host of sort of questions we go into to gain greater clarity around that um physically mentally and emotionally right and spiritually right so that, that's an unpacking process to get a greater awareness because when people are in their life they're not very on their life yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. Right. And, and we're and we're we're in a world of human doings not human beings mm -hmm. Right, so you can you can easily get lost in the trenches. So, yeah, start to listen, start to be aware, um, connect in, think about some of the things we've mentioned here today around environment, epigenetics, nutrient density, um, food choices, gut health. Start to look at those um, because, yeah, the the internal will manifest on the external in a whole different way, shape or form. But I'd say first and foremost, if you're not getting quality rest, if you're not breathing effectively, you're dehydrated, okay, you've really got to anchor those from a physical perspective to move forward. Mm. Right. Um, and that's first and foremost. And also, remember, if you keep sort of dampening down or not listening to your body, it's going to speak louder mm -hmm. and louder and louder and louder. And it will eventually stop you. Those that don't have time for wellness today will have to make time for, for illness tomorrow. Right, but it'll just slow you down in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's the it's the beauty of how it all works mm -hmm. to, to reawaken you, right, and to teach you. So you got you got to be really aware of that, mm. right? And and first and foremost, anchor some key foundations. Um, and you know, like if if you if your fuel lights on on if your petrol lights on in your car, right, and you pull into the service station and you put diesel in a petrol car, you're not going to get too far down the road. Mm -mm right okay it's going to be pretty disappointing or if you dilute that that fuel okay it's not going to run effectively or, or run at all and you'll be a manifestation on the physical or the engine will blow up whatever will happen okay so um i'm not a mechanic by the way it's just you know. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah but, but, uh, <laughs> along those lines listen to yourself Anchor those key foundations of physical health and well-being. And remember, the quieter you become, the more you will hear. Yeah. Right? So on that first level, look into those aspects first and foremost. Mm. Thank you. Right. 
The second one was what, sorry? The so you're, you're, I guess you're like a, you think you're healthy, um, but you've got probably a few symptoms that you're putting down to aging or you think are normal. Um, and, but you're actually starting to think, oh, is, is that normal that my knees hurt all the time? Or is that normal that my gut is a bit iffy? Like those kind of things. Yeah, great. And, and keep doing, you know, good questions, right? If you're starting to ask those questions or challenge yourself to go, oh, well, is, it, is, it, is it old age? Mm-hmm. You know, I was really lucky to spend three and a half months traveling through India back in 2018. Started up north and worked my way right through the country and, you know, like doing, doing movement and, and yoga with, you know, some of these people. And I remember one guy quite vividly, brilliant guy. And we were in a, um, we're in Utapah for like, I think it was like two and a half weeks or three weeks. And um, I just tracked down an awesome yoga studio, meditation yoga place. So we went there every day while we we're there. And the guy that was running it, you know, like phenomenal guy, um, great energy, you know, just a, you could see it was vibrating health um, and got to know him really well over the, over the, the three week periods where my wife and I were the only kind of foreigners in the, in the, in the class for the majority of the period. There's a couple of others that sort of popped in and out. Um, and yeah, I, I would have given him, uh, say 50, 50, 55, you know, just, just, you know, a bit of good, a good 50, 55. The guy was 86. <laughs> yeah. The guy was 86 and again, back flipping around the room. You still look like and, and so many people, you know, that were were there, right? Like and, and people that I met along the way that, yeah, you know, like age isn't a number, it's an environment. Mm. Right. And and it's an epigenetic effect. That's what age is. Right. So that, as I mentioned, look at the epigenetic effects. You're asking good questions to go, hey, actually, hey, I'm going to challenge a story. Mm-hmm. You know, why is another being over there? at 55 in a completely different environment and they're not saying oh it's old age they're turning around going really i feel fantastic Mm -hmm. i feel good than i did 15 years ago you know start to question that that story and again listen to your body and start to look at and and again you know like be mindful of google right because it can lead you down a very slippery slope but but reach out you know like if your car's not working ideally you can go and try and fix it yourself and and hey you might hit the jackpot you know, but you know, a lot of people are out there throwing mud against the wall and hoping to fill a crack. You know, but listen to your body first and foremost. Mm. Tweak a couple of things. If you if your intuition tells you it might be X, Y, or Z, you know, you might go, oh, if I'm honest, I'm not really prioritizing my sleep, or I'm not prioritizing myself, or I'm actually I know I'm having too much caffeine, or I'm eating too much sugar, or you know, I've I've, I've drifted off from my 20% is now 40%. I know I need to bring it back. Start to action it. Mm. I stop talking about it create purpose create why you'd want to do it and then start to see if that helps I think that's such a key point because so like there's so much we know in us if we will only go quiet like you said before Mm. and let that come up and so Mm -hmm. we can actually hear those parts of ourselves and really connect to that and there's so much and that I find that if we at least do those initial things that will lead us to the person that we need to connect with if we need to connect with someone 100%, 100%, yeah, 100%. But mate, yeah, you got you to make sure that you're showing up and, and taking a bit of radical responsibility first and foremost, right? Um, and again, yeah, just listening and creating downtime and, and everything else as well along those lines. Mm. 
Yeah. And then there was a third one. Was that the, the high-flying person that's going to just, you know, a couple of tweaks here and there, and they're, they're, they're thriving, they're, they're hitting it out of the park, so to speak? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I work firsthand with a, with a number of athletes. and, and But, I, I mean, like, again, I, I feel, you know, life is our game right no no you don't have to be you know running out into a into a stadium every week or you know whatever it is you know life's your performance right so i always say everyone with a body is an athlete you know just their 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 playing field is a little bit different mm -hmm. right and you know life is our playing field you know i mean people ask me you know why are you consistent and, and you know what are you training for i'm training for life right i'm training for for the journey right for the experience because i know the more healthier i am the brighter the experience mm -hmm. and the more resilient i am right so life i think i think you know like we can't get bottled into an athlete oh, i'm not an athlete so i just want to no but you just want to optimize your life and that's the best playing field you're always going to have you know the experience of that if life's just about experiences you want to make sure that your your vehicle um can can handle the terrain so i think when we look at it from that perspective yeah there's there's it's like a well-oiled machine right the, 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 the more you go up it's just a couple of key little realignments um, a few challenges um, to tweak along those lines a lot of it can be sometimes what we're not doing versus what we are doing or from an optimal perspective if we're not testing we're only guessing mm. at the end of the day right you know you could take a supplement for this or that or but you know if you're not testing you're you are only guessing mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of people, when I, when I work with them from that perspective, yeah, we, we're, we're fine-tuning. We're really, we're, we're specifically testing and, and, and looking at their environment and making sure they're in optimal levels across the board and varying markers and things like that. Um, and then we challenge them, you know, like the nervous system, give them a different response, uh, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it might be, just to keep them, keep them guessing. Awesome. Amazing. Mm. But again, you know, people like, People that are that are in that space that are that are going a lot of the time, you got to really make sure that you're optimizing their recovery. The quality of their recovery has to be so key because they're they're just performing at such a high level. Okay, that you've really got to dial in and go. Well, we need to to really fine tune your recovery so you are getting the recovery you need so you can go again at a, at a certain level. Mm, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, and I love that that life is our game because it's it's worth exploring like um, you and I both very much into lots of different kind of movement things because it's like, I want to see what my body can do. I want to see mm -hmm. how much fun I can have. I want to see um, what feels good. And so yeah. I really, I really love that approach to, to things. And um, it's the same with nutrition. Like if I eat something now that my body doesn't like, I don't want to, it doesn't, I don't want to eat it. Cause it's like, it gives me this response that I don't enjoy. And so I'm kind mm -hmm. of like, well, I want my experience to be better. Yeah. And so, but I think it takes a while to get to that. And I know from my own experience, it takes a while to get to that place where you have that, that feedback straight away and you understand because the body can go to sleep. I think you said this earlier as well. The body can just be like, I'm too exhausted to give you this information. So whatever, you're not listening to me, right? Definitely, 100%. You know, if, if you know, you're talking to someone and they switched off all the time, you'd, you'd, you know, you would kind of, the, the relationship would, would be would be challenged so to speak so yeah you're right there <laughs> we're switching off you get, 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 getting a bit darker <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah exactly and your body's just like no nah, i'm not even going to bother talking to you anymore so yeah, yeah agree or or or, go, or or it will go hey you know what well you haven't listened so i'm going to stop you now 
you know, I, I've been trying to have a chat to you for a while, but you know, enough's enough, and I'll, 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 I'll give you a bit more of a challenge, which will really stop you in your tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, the definition of, of a genius is applying your intuition. Yeah, so it's actually not that hard, right? If you just become a little bit quieter and listen to yourself, and you know, um, be mindful. Again, you know, the uh, there's a lot of potential that lives in that space. As I say, the music's space between the notes, right? I love that. I love all your little analogies. They're great. <laughs> um, so are there any, is there any like last thing? Um, I mean, there's just honestly been so many gems of wisdom without, through and through and <laughs> within the entire corridor that we've been having. Um, but is there any just like one last thing that if you could just give somebody one thing to think about, what would that be? Good question. Um, connect with your why. Mm. Right, have purpose around what it is you're doing. You know, we know through holistic health and well-being and performance that it's the why is so key. The why brings purpose and connection, mm. right? Firstly, individually and then externally. Um, and that in itself will provide a foundation for you to work from, right? Uh, rather than trying to put a roof on a foundation that's quite weak and will only collapse six months later. Yeah. So connect them with a why, your purpose um, of, of what it means to you. Why is it important, first and foremost? And then even that sense will, will move you up an emotional guidance scale, right? Which will start to change your physiology and your health and your immunity and your blood pressure and your mental clarity and things like that as well. Mm, mm, I love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Probably wasn't the, you know, eat more broccoli or something that you were probably thinking with a nutritional, <laughs> with a nutritional thought, but I did warn you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. All good. It's perfect. Even better than eating broccoli. Although I do, I do love a bit of broccoli, especially with butter all over it. hundred oh, percent. Likewise. Wicked. Thank you so much. Um, is are there ways that people can kind of um, find out any more? Do you, you keep a blog or something, don't you, as well? Like, yeah, um, I mean, my website, carlhewan.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, Carl Hewan, a KH Holistic Health, Carl Hewan Holistic Health. Um, I'm on I'll Instagram. Post them below. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I, I've got a, a, a newsletter um, as well on my website that you can sign up for. So yeah, just those those are my channels um, along like that those spaces. So yeah, connect there, um, reach out if you've got any queries or anything at all, um, and, and and don't be shy. Awesome, awesome. Um, actually, I might sign up to your newsletter. I have not signed up to that one. That's a good. It's a good go. um, hint right there. Awesome. Well, yeah, again, thank you just so much for your time. It's been amazing and I've learned a lot and I think this is going to be really helpful to loads of people. Oh, you're welcome, Pen. Hey, we, we're, just, we're just scratching the surface, but um, like I yeah. said, I hope it, hope it brings some value to, to some people out there and gets them thinking a little bit differently. And, and if so, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's just got to be something to initiate, right? So yeah, 100%. And, and love your work, love what you're doing. Um, you know, getting this sort of information out there and from an integrative perspective as well to, to add great value. So credit to yourself. Well done. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Well, we'll, um, we'll maybe speak to you again another time. Take care. Have a great one. Awesome. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Ted.
Thank you so much for listening to Weave Your Magical World podcast. That was my interview with Carl Hewen. Um, I would love it if you enjoyed that. Please share it with those that you think it would benefit. And if you can subscribe, that would be amazing just to get this, these messages out there to more people. Thank you so much and see you again soon.